Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to all our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Warn Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. Be sure not to miss the following posts of our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows on Dana Glenn Smith and Warren-USA.com. What is truth? On DanaGlennSmith.com, globalists maneuver to remove internet free speech. Age of lawlessness confronts righteousness. Transforming hope and living lights in a world of darkness. On Warren-USA.com, Epistles of Timothy Classic Warren Radio Series. Abraham Believed Book of Romans Part 7 on Sound the Shofar Nations Gospel War Ongoing Persecution of Believers Report Righteous Reign Isaiah's Prophetic Book Part 80 on Battle Lines And you don't want to miss the following WIBR Warren Radio shows for August 23rd through the 25th Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Resolute Christians, Christian Brotherhood, Pakistan Believer, Terrorism 101, Belarus, Anti-Christian at Warren Radio. Thursday's Isaiah Series, I Have Chosen, Isaiah's Prophetic Book Part 185 on Battle Lines. Friday's Sound the Shofar, Trial of Your Faith. Rejuvenating Hope in Christ, Part 7. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. And hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can get your copy of The Rising on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram. And um, The Rising eBook can be found on Google Play. You can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglennsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing great as well. Thank you. Well, two greats can't be all bad. Nope. It's another day in America. It's the last day of August. We're moving down to the end of the year. It'll be here before you know it. And... Start a new year. You know, I can't believe that. And the best part is the Lord is on our side, no matter how bleak and things get. That's right. And He is the solid rock. And what we see around us is sinking sand. And it's temporal. That's right. And the Lord's in charge, whether you like it or not. Yeah. We don't understand some things, don't like some things, but we know God is in charge. Amen. So we're in Isaiah. Okay. Heritage of Jacob is at risk here in Isaiah's prophetic book, part 186. Yet it is not because of the Lord, for he has blessings and prosperity ready for the tribe of Judah. However, the heritage of Jacob, the same heritage that applied to the northern tribes, comes with a price. The price is repentance, turning away from your current troubles, pride, and rebellion to the living God and following him with all your effort, mind, soul, and heart. Time and again we find the Lord sending the prophets to exhort, teach, and preach to the people. It is It is as Jesus, Yeshua said, as he stood and said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets, how oft would I have gathered you as a hen doth her chicks, but you would have none of it. In short, they rejected the prophets and the God who sent them. And now back to you. Thank you. I'll see you on the other side. Well, you know, that's one thing modern man has trouble with, and that's acknowledging the true and living God. Make no mistake, there are a lot of believers in America. There are a lot of churches. And our heritage has been well placed. And when we see America going through this, it's because the Lord is shaking this nation. But he's also shaken the nations. And uh, God does that as part of his redemptive mode to wake us up, to get us to repent, to come close. Now, the one thing that comes up as we've covered, uh, you know, the first part of this, he starts out 
you know, tonight in verse 13 of Isaiah 58, which has had a, a lot of stuff. But this has to do with the Sabbath. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. And, uh, you know, the problem of it is, they were carrying on the Sabbath, but it's what they wanted to do. And that's the issue for them. Now today, we have churches, and we don't even, you know, keep the true Sabbath. We've made up our own. But because it is under grace and in the New Testament, you know, there is leeway to serve God and not keep it like the Jews did. But if you get into the Messianic community, they would differ with you on that and tell you that you should be keeping the Sabbath. But see, more than anything, the Sabbath, you know, represents a time of rest. And when the Lord had the Sabbath, he rested from his labor. And so, for us today, when we look at the Sabbath, and we keep the Sabbath, you know, you're... You're resting from what you would normally do. But the whole type of that, the, when we look at it, and that is that here today, as believers, or even if you're not a believer, you know, you have a certain time to live on this earth. Some have more, some have less. But the one thing about being a Christian is that whether you keep the Sabbath or not, we are to keep the faith. <clears throat> and when you get even into Israel today, there's some changes in the Sabbath. Now they try to keep it. But there's a lot of people in Israel. Back in the Old Testament, Israel was a nation unto itself, and especially before it got split after Solomon. So they haven't been really able to do everything like they did before. And even today... Now, getting into Deuteronomy 5, this is where the law in, in the Torah, 12 through 14, keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it. 
as the Lord thy God has commanded thee, to set it aside. <clears throat> That's what sanctify is. You, you set it aside for the Lord. And six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. Now, in the modern world, people have all kinds of schedules of work. So, you know, it, it will take special exceptions for you if you wanted to keep it. Because most people have to work on Sunday. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou or thy son or thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gates, and that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. So, you know, if, if you... We're back in the days of Deuteronomy, you know, coming out of it like Joshua and Caleb. You would be keeping the Sabbath as you traveled. You would stop on your seventh day and observe it. And Jerusalem w would have kept that. But there was a lot of issues that you know, Judah ran into over the years, and that's what got them into trouble. Now in Exodus 31, 13 through 18, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. <clears throat> now this is what he told Israel. Keep the Sabbath because it's a sign. And it was a sign between Israel and Jehovah. Throughout your generations. That is, of course, you're keeping the Sabbath. And you know why you're keeping the Sabbath. And the reason is what the Lord said, that you will know that it's the Lord thy God that does sanctify you as Israel. That it's him that set you aside as holy because you're obeying him. And 14, you shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. And every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now, this was very serious. And that's one thing. When you get to the law, if you break the law, there's a penalty. I mean, it's, it's not like grace today. I mean this this is a this is a penalty. Now today, you know, we do have the gospel. And we do have a lot of things that go with it in how we keep our faith. Now if you get a lot of the churches, some of them will have church on a Saturday, 
Some of them will have church on a Wednesday, and some of them will have church on a Sunday, and then they'll have meetings in between all of that. And so we are under the blood atonement through Christ Jesus. And whether you keep the Sabbath, you know, that is really something you need to deal with. What you want to do with it. And so, we're not under the law. And by keeping the law, no man will be justified. Yet on the other hand, you're expected to walk in the light as Yeshua is in the light. And the apostles kept the Sabbath. They kept the feasts and the holy days. Now you get today, and there's none of that as far as under law. But see, when you get into some of the messianics, they keep it as it is law. But, you know, the issue here, if you were really in a messianic church, they would tell you that this is absolutely needed. You need to keep the Sabbath. And... Uh, That's all there is to it. So there, you know, there are things that you have to deal with. Do you want to mess with it? Do you want to do it? Well, when you first begin to keep uh, all the feasts and the Sabbath and everything, there's a lot of things for you to understand. And uh, it, it is going from being a Gentile to keeping the Sabbath and the feasts is really, really hard when you first begin, if you're a Gentile. See, remember, the modern church today, saved by grace through faith, you know, Gentiles are lawless, okay? They're like little kids. Kids don't mean to be lawless, but they will do things wrong. And there's that aspect that you have to learn some of this. Why are you doing it? And so that's where the studying and the understanding is. But uh, the one thing about the Sabbath, you know, you have to watch even, you know, they do make allowances for you to cook. But, you know, the best way to do it is to cook more and we do this a lot anyway. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're going to rest on the Sabbath, just cook something, you know, before, extra, and then on the Sabbath, that's what you have. And so it takes as little effort as possible. But you can find plenty of rules and regulations coming out of the Messianic community to get you to do that. 
And of course, let's see here. And so the big thing here is you shall keep it for it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations. Now see the sign we have is Christ Jesus. And we are to walk in the light as he is in the light. And so to say that you would keep the Sabbath to be saved, I disagree with that. You know, in, in our New Testament, that that doesn't even come into play. But what you do want to do is dedicate yourself to the Lord. And you really need to sanctify every day unto the Lord as a Christian. Not just one once a week. And the rest that Christians have, we do have a rest through the Holy Spirit. But uh, some people can get so busy in the church, they never rest. You know, and, and that's like, e even on the Sabbath, you know, the high priests and all the others that are helping him on the Sabbath, they don't get to rest. The pastors that preach your sermon, they don't rest on your Sunday. That's their work day. So there's a lot of things to consider here. The biggest thing is your heart attitude. <coughs> but for Israel coming out, you know, being delivered from Babylon, they wouldn't have known. They may have. But um, it is known that God had to reteach the children of Israel, you know, the law and how to keep stuff. Because they had been in pagan Babylon for a long time, 70 years. And so they had to reteach him, which they did. Six days work may, may be done. But in the seventh is the Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. But see, the thing you run into, you know, and that is, well, you know, every seventh day, that's my rest. But see, when you're celebrating days and you're getting into this, um, there's more than just one day. Because you have the Sabbath rest. And then you have various feasts that they had to keep. And so that can keep you busy all year long. And of course then the Jews added a lot of their own stuff. So you always had something. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Now see, as far as it's concerned coming out of that, the children of Israel do not honor Yahshua. Not yet. They, they don't. Uh... Now in Israel, you do have Christians. They're actually, they're Messianic Jews. And, you know, we've, you know, we've, uh, Moaz Israel is the one that we've worked with before. But there's uh, 
there's a lot of this stuff over there that even today, uh, especially with this latest rest, uh, rest uh, restlessness, uh, uneasiness in Israel, uh, they have more enemies, they have a lot of problems over there right now. And so there's a lot of things that uh, Israel needs to deal with. But there's one thing. They need to keep the Sabbath. And you have the ultra-Orthodox over there, and they were protesting here this, uh, this week. And when they protest, the ultra-Orthodox can get real nasty. <coughs> because they see it as a direct commandment with God that's viable today. Now the only issue they have is they're not able to do any blood sacrifices which some of them tried on the Temple Mount and that didn't work. So when Israel gets back to their feasts, which we expect them to do in, in a new temple, uh, and so they're going to have real feasts and there will be a time and then it's going to be shut down. There's going to be some issues in there in the tribulation. But uh, there's a lot of things you can, at any rate. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. I'd like to have seen those. Yeah, I think they're still around. Well, I'm sure they are too. And uh, then you have... Revelation. And I put this in there because, you know, we are in the New Testament. You know, and we read both the New and the Old Testament. I'm teaching out of the Old Testament. Because there's a lot of prophecies, a lot of stuff that pertain to our Messiah, Yeshua. And so we... We do honor the whole Bible, but our covenant is through Christ Jesus. And so these are for people that are, are not quite understanding of all this. You know, Israel, although they did not believe, there's a lot of Jews that do in, in Yahshua, in, in the the Messiah and in the New Testament and the cross. <clears throat> but there's also a whole nation of them over there now, many of whom don't believe. They keep the law. And so as far as they're concerned, they're going to keep it just like it says in Scripture. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, this is John, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in the book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Verses are you in in Revelation? Um, this is 10 through 18. 
in chapter what? One. Okay, thank you. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, being turned, and I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of God, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. Now that's purity. White is a symbol of purity. And when you have uh, your hairs white, white, really, if you have white hair, you know, as you grow older, that's a symbol of wisdom. But he is the fulfillment of all of this. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. I think that's interesting. Because you're not going to see most people that would look like that. This is something, and I like this too. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Now what you see there is a glorified Christ. And his feet as fine brass, as they burned in a furnace, that's because he was refined in a furnace when he went to Calvary. And he did triumph over all principalities and powers. And in Revelation chapter 1, he calls himself the Almighty. And in his right hand, seven stars, and out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Very, very bright. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now that's, that's common even in churches today when the Spirit of God moves. Uh, we, we call it being slain in the Spirit. But uh, sometimes you don't even know it. And uh, I've had numerous experiences like that years ago. And one in particular when it occurred the presence of the Lord had fallen it was really what we call heavy and uh, all of a sudden you could, you're not able to stand and you just fall flat <laughs> that's why if you get into church service and you have have this go on you have to have someone catch you <laughs> because you can't catch yourself but there are things in some of these uh, full gospel services I do not agree with at all. But at any rate. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now see, that happened to John. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of death and hell. Now, that refers to the gospel. That refers because he was living and he was dead and he was resurrected. And 18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. That's because he triumphed over all principalities and powers. 
So this part, although it's, you know, it, it is in Revelation, but that signifies that that is the updated covenant. That, that's what he was doing. Now, in Isaiah 56, we have a little section on keeping the Sabbath. And I'm going to go through that. And if, if you really do want to keep the Sabbath, there's nothing wrong with that. If you don't, you need, you know, you, you have to make sure you're born again. You're serving him. And you need to draw close. You need to know what God wants you to do. And today we have churches for that. But you got to be careful because we've got a lot of a lot of troubles and issues in some of these churches. They're not biblical and they're in trouble because their teachings aren't right. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth a hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree." For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me and take a hold of my covenant. Even to them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than, the, than of sons and daughters. And I'll give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant. And so this is the blessings. And even to those, if you're a eunuch, you know, there's going to be a blessing. Because that's what's associated with the Sabbath, our blessings. Now, when we, when we talk about Yahshua, Jesus, you know, he is the fulfillment of the Sabbath himself. Because in him we have rest. In him we have salvation. In him we believe in him. And he's the one that brought us to the Father. It's in Yahshua. And so our fulfillment is in the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. Isaiah 58, 14. Then thou shalt delight thyself. Now, of course, we were talking about the Sabbath in verse 13. So this is the next verse. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I'll cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now Jacob, known as Israel, 
out of him came the tribes of Israel. And so when you're keeping the Sabbath, that's part of the covenant. And the covenant is also something that the children of Israel have always had with the Lord. <clears throat> and so when you honor this, you know, Sabbath, and you delight yourself in the Lord, you ride upon the high places of the earth. In other words, you, you know, you're going to be above things. You're not going to be the bottom. You're going to be the top. You're going to be blessed. And he will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, which would be plenty and blessing, spiritual and physical blessings. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So you, you shall, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. See, when you keep the Sabbath, you're going to find that there is a blessing connected with it. And so, I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He will feed you by the heritage of uh, Jacob, because the blessings will catch up with you. You know, you will have food, you won't have lack. Now see, when we talk about Yahshua, and the new covenant. You know, it's important to understand the differences that the new covenant brings. The Lord said, if they hated me, they will hate you. He said, if you lose your life for my sake in the gospel, you will find your life. If you deny the Lord, he will deny you. So, when we look at the New Testament, the New Testament has different requirements. Through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God, Paul said. There is a discipleship. He that does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He that loves his mother and father more than me is not worthy of me. There is a discipleship. There is a way for you to go. And it's blunt in the Gospels. Now when you get in the epistles, the apostles deal are dealing with the believers there and they're dealing with more individual issues. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And of course, that was put in there to let you know that the Son of God who came and died on the cross and gave you things you need to be doing are to be taken seriously. And even in the New Testament, Paul dealt with the children of Israel and the Gentiles. You can find that in Romans, I think it is chapter 11. It, it, it's around there somewhere. I think it's chapter 11 of Romans. 
And that's why it's important for you to understand these things. Because in the gospel and in your life as a believer, you're going to have troubles. You're going to face issues. And, you know, that's the way it is. Even the children of Israel who, you know, had the covenant and kept the Sabbath and they did all the things God wanted, they still had issues. One of the major issues was the northern tribes, which were the tribes that were carried away captive, and Israel says, well, they weren't all carried away, but a lot of them were, and the northern tribes was never a nation again, yet. So there's definitely issues. Judah had the priests. They had the prophets. They had some of the greatest miracles you could ever find in Scripture. And Judah still got carried away captive. The line of Christ went straight through Judah. But he still wound up here because... God worked it out. And some of the details are really interesting. 1 Peter 1, 5 through 9. And this is about you and me as a Christian believer. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That's when the Lord comes back. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Well, yeah, we are in some heaviness because we got a knucklehead up there that's leading this whole mess and making a screw-up job of everything. And that's just the beginning of our issues in America today. Everything is lawless. Everything is a mess. So I'm going through this because... Wherein you greatly rejoice. Why do you rejoice? Because the love of God is in you. The joy is in you. Though now for a season you're going through a hard time. You're in heaviness through manifold temptation. This is Peter speaking. And he says that the trial of your faith. See now in the Old Testament people did have faith. They had the law and they had faith. But Yahshua hadn't come yet. But today, we are in this area where we, well, see, in Revelation, the people that are overcome, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Ouch. The one is through the cross of Christ, by the blood of the Lamb. You're saved, you know it. By the word of your testimony, whosoever, you know, testifies of me before men, speaks me, you know, tells people about me. I will speak of him before my fathers and angels and his angels. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before the fathers and his angels. So see, this is how it works today. And you live in a society that 
denies Christ by the things they do. You say you're a Christian, but you live like a pagan. No, you need to get back to the cross and confess. So the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, Yahshua HaMashiach, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See, we are of those of faith. And the ones in the Old Testament is justification by keeping the law. But by the working of the law, the keeping of the law, shall no flesh be justified. Now, of course, the Jews will disagree with that. And you can't blame them. And they're not going to believe this until they get redeemed. There's just an irreparable rift right now that can only be repaired when they awaken to the truth and become born again and they recognize who he is. Habakkuk 3:17 through 19 joying in the god of my salvation now this is when you do know him and uh, this is particularly this is uh, chapter 3 of Habakkuk I call it the bottom line faith this is when things ain't going too well Verse 17 through 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. Now, are you getting this? The fig tree isn't blossoming, so there's no figs. Neither shall fruit be in the vines. There's no fruit on the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. In other words, the olives don't come on and you don't get any oil either. And the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. There shall be no herd in the stalls. In other words, you could easily look at this and say that they had been invaded and all their herds and flocks have been taken, but none of them are there. Okay, you see? Nothing's there. You don't have... Nothing's blossoming, you don't have olive oil, you don't have meat, you don't have nothing. It almost sounds like um, those who are trying to run our world today who want to get rid of all the meat. They want to kill them though. So this is where we're at in Habakkuk. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I'll joy in the God of my salvation. Why would he do that? Because he believes the covenant. He believes that if he is right with God, where he needs to be, and that's where you as a Christian need to be, that God will make a way. See, and and this basically is the same faith that, that we discuss, except we're more specific with Yahshua because he's the one who came. But see, today as Christians, you're going to be called upon to believe just like this. When there is nothing there, which every devil in hell is telling you that you're going to die. 
But yet, the Spirit of God on the inside tells you, no, God has not forsaken you. And so in the middle of all of this, he says, I will rejoice, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will join the God of my salvation. Further, he says, the Lord God is my strength, and he'll make my feet my like hinds feet, another very quick, lively, full of energy. He will make me to walk upon my high places. That means you're above all the, where everybody else is. You're able to make it through. So actually, Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 is my bottom line faith section. Because it describes bottom line faith. Because everything's missing. <laughs> you might have a house but <laughs> and crowds, but you're not going to have flocks, you're not going to have meat, you're not going to have blossoms, you're not going to have olives, you're not going to have olive oil, you're not going to have nothing. This thing shows absolutely no provision. Yet you joy in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now the big question of it, of it is, we're living in America now, so it gets worse. They manage to kill everything off. You don't have nothing to eat. People are starving. So as a Christian, are you going to be able to rejoice in the Lord? Are you going to be able to joy in the God of your salvation? That's the test. But he says, the Lord God is my strength. He'll make my feet like hinds feet. The hinds, you know, they run real fast. Think of a deer. And he'll make me to walk upon my high places because you're above where everybody else is. Because you know the Lord. You trust him. So all of this follows, really, what we're talking about with, when we began with the Sabbath. Because it's all about commitment. And it's, it's also God knows that humankind has issues. They do. You do. I did. <laughs> you know? God knows you're not perfect. All he wants you to do is admit it and come to him. But I got news for you. After a while, when you're walking in the Lord, things will change. Trust me. Trust the word. It'll be okay. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now, you have to believe this stuff. And the enemy will be around... And, and if he can bring a thousand buddies with him, they'll drive you nuts. So you have to be able to say, I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit behind that thought in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I cast that spirit into outer darkness. I mean, that's what I do because I get fun casting these suckers into outer darkness. And 
you also can say, Lord, cleanse my heart, my mind, my soul, and my spirit. What does that do? See, because your mind needs to have the washing of the water by the word, which is the word of God. In other words, you need to read the word of God. You need to listen to the word of God. You need to surround yourself with this stuff. Because, really, you may think that this is not a mind game, but it is for the devil. And you've got to control your thoughts. You've got to understand that your natural man is weak. You need the Spirit of God and you need the Word of God to focus all the time. Now, we're in Psalm 37. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. See, and this is what happens when you're living in a society like America. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. There are a lot of things going on in America that will make you angry, wrathful, and want to do something about it. And you may end up doing something evil. That's why it says, fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. Don't think about it. Don't fret over it. Rebuke the thoughts. You know, you ask the Lord to cleanse your heart, mind, and soul. You get into the word of God. You focus on good things. And you stand your ground. You speak faith. But the meek inherit the earth. In spite of what the globalists say, okay? We have won. We're going to have the earth. But you're not going to just have the earth, see? You're going to have all the planets. All the star systems. And people don't even talk about that because most of them just stop it. Well, see, I like to think about that. Because in the hereafter, you got all of eternity. You could visit every planet that God made. I mean, you have to understand. Do you think he's going to just stick you on a cloud for all eternity playing a harp? That's what we used to see all the time. As kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he had angel wings and a little harp, and that's where he was in heaven. Well, heaven isn't sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Heaven is walking in a land where the Lord is and being able to talk to him and see him and be there with him and be there with our God and our Father and being able to walk America, you know, the world. And this will be the healed world. Can you imagine seeing this world as perfect? See, this is what God is going to give you. And we limit ourselves by saying it's just going to be a little tiny place on earth. No, we're going to get the whole thing and plenty more.
So we are now in chapter 59. We're going to be talking about scales of justice. <laughs> you know, I like Isaiah. And uh, we only got seven more chapters and then we're done. We're that close to the end. How long have we been doing this? April 2019. 2019. April. April. Well, 2019. Wow. Four years. <clears throat> yeah. Five years before we're done. Yeah, it'll be five years by the time we're done that we spent doing Isaiah's study. And that this is not a study like most people do word for word. This is a practical study to understand what is being said and to apply it to your life. And I have every episode. Go to warn-usa.com and you'll find plenty of episodes to listen to. But look in the categories because I have one huge category with every Isaiah teaching I've done. So that's go to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Well, we're going to have to say goodnight, Tower. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, this went by fast. Um, Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. <coughs> Excuse me. We love you and we pray for you. We always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Stay safe. Be careful. And pray for us as we pray for you and pray for your brethren around the world. And we thank you for all you do for the King. Good night. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Check out my book, The Rising. Go on over to Dana Glenn Smith. Check out our bookstore there. And you can get a copy of it, read it, and then let me know. Let us know how you liked it. So be sure to do that. Tell your friends about the websites. Take advantage of all the teachings and everything because I got news for you, folks. There's a lot of enemies. If they had their, their way, there'd be no Christians left. But God has other ideas. And he's in charge. You have nothing to fear. For God is on the throne. Amen. Until next time, good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.